0: Hi, Dr. Gator here. Are you ready to take your family's health to the next level? Check out my free immunity and wellness masterclass at integrativepediatrics.com.
1: So I was just at a Comic-Con this weekend and I was doing a panel and the fans asked me how I handle rejection in this business. And I get that question a lot because for every yes we get in in the entertainment business, we get about a 10,000 no's. And my answer is, always the same. It is mindfulness, meditation, and yoga. It, it, if it weren't for that, I don't know who I would be. We definitely wouldn't be doing this podcast because I would be or, a
0: radical. Or more, ye- more yeses, right? More yeses would also solve the problem.
1: More yeses would solve the problem. <laughs> it's true. If we could just get more yeses without having to meditate, that would be great, but that's not usually how it works. <laughs> Mama. Welcome parents to Raising Amazing
0: Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Gator-Warsh, board-certified pediatrician, specializing in integrative medicine.
1: And I'm Serena Vincent. I'm an actor, writer, and new mother.
0: Join us in learning and laughing as we navigate through the messy path of parenthood. And
1: together, let's begin Raising Amazing. Amazing. I don't know. (laughs) da. Yes, in my early 20s, I was... In movies on the big screen and on the covers of magazines and I was completely lost and confused I didn't know how to navigate the rest of my life I didn't know how to metabolize fame and all of these things and a friend of mine she was actually a friend of my mother sent me a plane ticket for my 23rd birthday and said I hadn't seen her since I was like 12 and she said I want you to get on this plane and I'm gonna change your life
0: and you got on the plane to see someone you hadn't seen in all those years
1: yeah, it was really weird, especially at that. <laughs> and I don't know if I would do it again. But uh, so I got on the plane and she taught me meditation. I was already doing yoga, but she taught me looking at yoga from a different perspective. She taught me, taught me meditation, mindfulness practices, and it completely changed my life and it changed my career.
0: And it's it's so important that we we start to talk more about this, more about meditation, more about mindfulness. It's, you know, it's been a buzzword for some time, but I think it's really important. Just like yoga um, was kind of a woo woo um, buzzword many years ago but then madonna came in and she did it and she made it cool at least that's what my wife says i was not into yoga back then but but she was she's been a yoga teacher for 20 years and she was like you know madonna did it and then everyone thought it was cool and then now the thing that i was doing every day was now like a hip trend in in beverly hills
1: right remember she had those biceps and everyone was like there's no possible way that you've gotten you got those biceps from yoga but it's true
0: I don't, I don't remember in any way, but, she, but she, my wife probably would. Okay, well, I'm <laughs> telling you.
1: <laughs> Sarah is a yoga instructor. I did not know that. Yeah, she she's was been an
0: instructor for. Well, she's not, she's not currently doing it anymore. Now that we have a child, but you know, she was a yoga instructor for a long time.
1: What? Wow. Yeah. You learn something new <laughs> every day, people. Here at Raising Amazing. Um, so right, and it's so it's it's these practices changed my life in my 20s. We need to be teaching them to kids.
0: We do. Especially
1: these kids that are so stressed out. So we could not be more excited for today's guest, you guys. Today's guest is my mentor, Libby Edson, who I got on the plane for and who changed my life. Libby Edson is the creator of the Yo Mind, which is a curriculum that fuses yoga, mindfulness, and neuroscience education to optimize physical and mental health. Libby has 27 years experience teaching yoga in schools and she empowers students by providing mindfulness, yoga, and neuroscience education through personal education and online resources. She's impacted over 12,000 students with in-person trainings and over 500,000 students worldwide. Libby, we are just so excited to have you here and I'm so excited to share you with the world.
2: Thank you, this is really fun, this is really fun to bring it together and to be able to share this with everyone is really special, so thank you.
0: In my practice, I've seen so much stress, anxiety in our kids, in teens, and parents over the last year, but it's been happening for years, but it's certainly a lot worse this year. And your curriculum, your mind, you actually teach students about how the brain works. So let's talk about that first. Let's talk a little bit about the science, the neuroscience behind the brain and anxiety and stress. So what are, where, do you, where do you start with the kids on that and what do you, and what do you teach parents and kids about this topic and you know, like where's the starting point?
2: <laughs> the starting point, Joel, is, is where you're at. <laughs> and that's what we really um, initially start with the kids when they come to the mat and come into a Yo Mind class. I say this is the only class that there are no expectations and you get to basically experience something rather than do something. We use the tools of yoga and mindfulness and learn about how the brain works and use them as tools to navigate and meet the moment, meet what's in front of us. So we we you know you mentioned that there's been an increase in the last year. I've noticed that and I've also seeing the pandemic kind of reveal, like what you said, there have been, this has been going on for a long time, this trend of kids being anxious and depressed. So where we start with Yo mind is just you know teaching them that why, you know the why behind yoga. Um, we we can get into that a little bit later. but what's happening in their brain and them able being able to understand? That they're okay, that they're having a biological and chemical change in their body. And when they have stress, when they start understanding what happens in the brain when they're stressed, and we give them tools to meet that stress with curiosity and kind of empower them to do that, we see really big changes. And all of us, when we're stressed, you know, there's three drive systems in the body we have the fight or flight system. Mm-hmm. Which has been there and is activated in all of us right now. It's we're, uh, we're
0: yeah, very fighty the, and flighty, very flighty, and, flighty and we're right
2: we're so flighty, very. Flight. <laughs> <laughs> not, not
0: as much. Well, it's not as much the flight right now. It's more the fight the and fight. stay in home and fight with your siblings.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. So exactly. So we have the fight and flight going on. We have a drive system that we have. We want to set and meet goals, and we also have the tendon-befriend system that's just as hardwired as that. Um, Uh, fight or flight system. And it's that what's kept communities together. I mean, if we didn't set goals and meet them, our communities wouldn't survive. If we didn't take care of each other, our communities wouldn't survive. And if we didn't have this primal reaction to stress, none of us would be here. Like I tell the kids, you know, if your ancestors were kind of complacent and chill, they got eaten by the tiger. <laughs> it, so it, the the paranoid ones and the uptight ones, which are the ones of us now in the pandemic that are scrubbing down everything and hyper vigilant about everything we're doing, we're the yeah Serena exactly. I you're raising your the, hand. My, but, but, but people can't see you, see you, you can't, Serena.
1: You can't see me. You can't see <laughs> yeah, the you're that I'm hand. wearing either. But um, exactly. <laughs> I just raised but, my hand.
2: But but so that same system that has that keeps us, you know safe when we're out getting our groceries and there is a real threat not right now with the pandemic there's a tendency what happens is that sympathetic nervous system is activated Mm -hmm. it dumps cortisol into our system and adrenaline at the same time when we perceive a threat all of the blood moves away from our brain and into our limbs so we can be fighty or flighty right or sometimes it causes us to freeze but the the reality is is there's no blood in the brain we're actually in our lower limbic system our primal system so our rational abilities our executive functions those aren't always available to us under stress and so i really teach kids about that that it's like okay there's some ways that we can control this we can't always control what's going on around us but we can definitely start learning how to navigate and um, understand how that sympathetic nervous system works and that's connected to the inhale and teaching them how to get a little, to calm themselves down by using their breath. That's kind of the first thing. Notice their sensations, get more familiar with their feelings. I mean, I I don't know how much you want me to go into the Young Mind program right now, but just kind of giving you uh, Yeah. No, I
0: I think that's super important information and I think that people forget a lot of the science now all the time because we don't really talk about it as much when I mean, we hear the word stress and stress and stress this and stress that but yeah. what does that really mean and and, and just reiterating your point the stress in and of itself is not a bad thing right stress is exactly. what keeps you alive stress is what what kept our ancestors alive from you know Everyone says, oh they kept them from the tiger i mean i don't know if everybody was around tigers all the time wherever they were but that's what everybody you know says we weren't we weren't getting stampeded by elephants or you know whatever <laughs> exactly. whatever it was but it was keeping you alive but when it does that it does things to your body right it moves right from one place to another so that you could run so your muscles and you know your 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 ability to get away from the the stressor the the danger that's what your body is doing and it's not really thinking about oh digesting your food or other non-vital urgent things for that very second and if you get consistent if you are consistently stressed and that's where you run into an issue so that's where your body becomes inflamed and that's what your body's not meant to handle because you know back in the day your stressor were don't get eaten by a tiger right don't get eaten by a lion don't and you get the disease the you know you, you don't have antibiotics so you just die right like that that was the thing back in the day you just want to keep yourself alive whereas today it's like oh i i have to look at my phone and I get this notification. Oh, I, nobody liked yeah. my post. Uh, there's just consistency. Well, you know,
1: I I had this. I got this very upsetting email yesterday or the other day from um that it doesn't matter. An upsetting email. It felt like it was inappropriate and. Um, and I had a physical reaction. Like I started shaking. I was mm. so offended and so upset that I was physically shaking. And I typed out my response. <laughs> <laughs> and Mike came in and was like, Maybe you shouldn't send that. And I was like, No. But it's so true. Like the blood was not in my brain. The blood exactly. was like, like literally, it was literally shaking. And I didn't send it for like four days.
2: You know, and yeah. when we and think I sent about... a very different
1: email. And
2: that was very mature of you to do, Serena. Thank you. I I have a good teacher. But, you know, (laughs) what's what's interesting is with kids, you know, they're not only experiencing the stress of this pandemic themselves, but they're watching their parents, um, how they're handling it. And because of mirror neurons, we're affected by other people's stress. So, depending on the stress factor of your current bubble <laughs> that you're in, mm-hmm. that is a really big deal, you know, of, of what kind of chemicals are running through the body, you know. Uh-huh. And when we tip, um, ju- uh, you probably can address this more, doctor, about the um, the negative effects of cortisol if we are in chronic sympathetic activation, if that system is turned on all the time. And I, t- I try to tell the kids, I said, you know, it's like there's an on-off switch but it should have been a dial we should have had a dial installed it's i think it's a physical flaw in our dna that <laughs> that just flips on and off you know you got that email and just boom you went right to that flight it, but it, it would be nice if we had a way to regulate and to perceive the stresses
0: i, I agree and and i think that is a it's a wonderful way to look at it and my my counterpoint to that is we never had enough time to develop that right this we became we went from Getting eaten by tigers to having, you know, Instagram within a few decades, right? It's it's not. This wasn't a thing that happened over. Thousand, think about natural selection and the changes that happen and species over time. It takes, you know, thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of years for a trait to be very useful, so that way those things survive and everything else doesn't. But when you go from you know, the pre-industrial age all of a sudden to all this technology over, you know, a few hundred years or whatever, whatever time frame you want to say, there is no time for humans to evolve. Not really, right? A little bit. But we haven't nearly evolved to the new stresses of the world. And so we're, we're at this point now where it's been, you know, however many years of, of this increased stress. And I think we're getting, I know, we're getting to a breaking point that our bodies can no know. Our anger, and that's why everybody's sick, right? That's why everybody's sick, because it's just, it's this buildup that we've seen over the years and and we're just getting farther and farther away from the lifestyles that our ancestors had, but our bodies haven't changed yet. We don't have a dial, we just have fight or flight, but we don't have to you know, run away yeah. from a tiger anymore unless you're working in a zoo, I guess, or jumping yeah, in tiger well, cages. <laughs> and there,
1: there's, that. oh sorry, sorry. No, but, I wanna ask you, because you have a solution. Libby is the person, you are literally on the ground teaching kids yoga and mindfulness and meditation, how the brain works, right? But you are the person that is called in when a tragedy at school happens to help the kids and teachers and everybody, staff, navigate grief. Uh, grief. You, yes. like I said, you've taken teams to national championships by teaching them how to breathe and meditate. And um, so you're, you came up with a thing, like a, a dial. Can you tell everybody about the Yo Mind motto, breathe, yes. perceive, respond,
2: Yes. So, you know, that's the, um, the kind of hook line. I, first of all, yo, mind's kind of an acronym for so many things that do affect the state of the mind. And I teach the kids about those things. I mean, you know, using yoga is the base, but, um, the breathe, perceive, respond thing is that we can't control the, what's going on around us all the time, especially right now with the pandemic. But there are things that we do have control over. So one of the biggest things about Yo Mind is that teaching the kids that they have personal agency over their breath, the way they perceive things, and the way that they respond to things. Mm -hmm. And that when we slow down and start practicing some of these things, we can influence the situation around us because we're all sharing a reality, right? But everyone gets to whatever I perceive is based on all of my past experiences, if I've slept, if I've eaten well, you know, there's so many different factors. And the person in front of me has that many factors as well. So um, we, we emphasize the breath, uh, talking, you know, talking to the kids about their fight or flight response, you know, how the on the inhale, you know, you go, this is happening. Oh my God, I got that email, you know, and you're, you all of a sudden take in that inhalation and activate the sympathetic nervous system. But then when we exhale in a situation, and we go, "Oh, oh, that's over. They're that sign of relief and dropping into rest and digest. And that is a, while it's an autonomic nervous system function, it can be consciously controlled. We can count our breaths in, you know, like inhaling four and exhaling six. Doing that for a few moments will actually take, physically take the body from fight or flight into rest and digest. Amazing. So the, the kids, I, I think throughout the year they learn, you know, I think it's like 12 different techniques. And not every breathing technique appeals to every kid, but they'll find one that they really like. We teach body scans. The other thing is we move into the uh, realm of sensation because this has to do with perception we want to become more aware and teach the kids that hey this time on the mat the yoga mat is a mirror right so you step on the yoga mat and I, one of the quotes I always use this is aside from it's part of the whole your know, mind shtick is how you do anything is how you do everything I love and that. the yoga mat's a mirror so we step on that and it shows us how we do things like when they're asked to do things you know on the mat are they going, Oh, I can't do that. Or, Oh, I suck at this. You know, so I ask them to look at their language that they're speaking into themselves and that's going to influence how they're going to see the world once they step off the mat. Does and that make sense? Them. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Can yeah. I stop you for a second before we sure. go on? Because I think that it's a lot. You know, we, we're going to have, we have parents that are you know, in all different places when it comes to, this integrative, you know, woo-woo-y world, you know, from some of them about, you know, integrative medicine and about mindfulness and body scans. Could we just, could you talk for one minute, just kind of define to you what mindfulness is, what body scans are? Because I don't know that everybody really knows what that is. And we might lose them if we start getting to this, because these are very important concepts that sound kind of they're like almost cliche and like, oh, mindfulness, do some mindfulness, do some meditation. But I think because you are actually on the ground floor yeah. working with actual teens who are actually doing this, it's a lot more relevant to people because I think you can probably break it down for them in a way that they would understand as a parent who doesn't know anything about mindfulness, like this is crazy. Exactly. Like, what, what does that mean to you?
1: Well, thank I have you. to say that I have, I have witnessed with my own eyes a hundred high school football players just z- like blissed out in shavasana, um, myself from 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 watching um, Libby teach. So she, you really are on the ground. Yes, explain to this. Thank you. Sorry, I'll be quiet now. No,
2: <laughs> thank you. Um, thank you for asking me that too. Because so the just mindfulness and or, you know yoga. First of all, is like a superfood. This is how I think of yoga. Yoga is um, in some traditions can be a uh, not accessible to a lot of people. I make it very accessible and calling it, it's mindful movement. We're using yoga shapes as a tool. And what the yoga is, uh, and then combining mindfulness with it. During yoga, we get to pay attention to the breath. And that's basically, it's a breath and movement practice. Mindfulness is paying attention to something without judgment. It's also called an open monitored practice. So we're actually, uh, the science behind that is it uh, cools down the amygdala or the emotional center in the brain when we're mindful of things and and actually bringing our focused attention to something without judgment. It teaches us that skillful um, ability to notice things and then use that information, approach it with curiosity and use it to get our needs met, is what I'm teaching the kids. And um, the body scan is a, uh, a mindfulness technique that helps embody that open monitored practice of hearing the words like pay attention to your feet, pay attention to your ankles, pay attention to your knees. And it's also known as yoga nidra. Body scans are also known as yoga nidra. Um, But it's very uh, soothing and it exercises all the different parts of the brain. Does that make sense? It it does.
0: And I think, you know, if you're listening out there, think about your right big toe for a second right now. You were not thinking about it eight seconds ago, but if you just stop for a second, you think about it, you're like, oh yeah, I can feel my right big toe. That's what it is. You just take your mind. At least from what I've learned, yes, and yeah. you just you just move your mind. You think about certain things, and it's it's again. It, maybe to some people it does sound woo-woo at first, but once you start to do it, then you realize, okay, I don't really okay. think about my my knee. You know, unless I hit it, Uh but (laughs) But What's,
2: what's what's so great about that practice, too, and the kids actually, they'll I'll say any request to them and they'll say, oh, body scan. The kids absolutely love it because so much of our days are spent not embodied. We're not in our bodies. And first of all, so the body scans by just saying, "Hey, what is my big, what's going on with my big toe today? What's going on with my knee?" Just like noticing that helps the kids start noticing the sensations in their body. But the body scan scientifically is also shown not only to, you know, help the kids relax or help help parents relax or anything. It also activates the part of the brain that's involved in empathy and understanding for other people. So I always tell the kids that you're not only doing this for yourself, but you're doing this by being aware of your own body. Guess what? You're gonna start being aware of where someone else is. You start noticing your own feelings and start realizing that, hey, we're all human. We all have the same needs. And that's kind of the sequence, getting back to what I teach them, is they notice the sensations in their body, start becoming more um, emotionally literate, being able to express how they feel about things, And then recognizing the next piece of that, getting back to the breathe, perceive, respond, is realizing during that perception time is I'm having this emotion. It is uncomfortable or maybe it's comfortable, right? But if it's uncomfortable, it most likely means one of my needs is not getting met. So I can dig a little deeper and say, what am I really needing? And what strategy am I using to get that need met right now? And is this working? And if it's not, guess where I have personal agency? I can try another strategy. So that's what I teach the kids. Emotional agility is what I keep going for. I keep saying this yoga, you know, we get flexible in our bodies and we get stronger, but we also get stronger and more flexible in the mind. And we have this agility, the ability to recognize emotions can be, two emotions can be present at the same time.
0: Right, and you're talking here about the the why, right? This is the why, this is the solution, this is why we're doing this. Exactly. You know, we talk about the mind, you know, you hear mindfulness, it's a buzzword now, mindfulness, but why are people doing this? Why was this used before? We're trying to, you know, appropriate these things that have been used for, you know, thousands of years in other places and they understand the why but we don't really hear it's like oh i'm gonna sit here and and, and think about my toe that's not really the reason why you're doing this it's, that's the first step this is we're talking here about solutions and how we go from stress to a better place for your family and your and your kids and so that's why you're starting with oh, the mindfulness we're doing a body scan we're thinking about these things okay great that might make you relax for the five minutes that you're doing it or the 10 minutes that you're doing it, but that's not the point The point is, and this is getting back to what you're saying, once you recognize that you do have some control over your thoughts, once you do recognize that you can think about things in a different way, then when you start having these thoughts of stress, anxiety, depression, you can start to realize that you do to some degree have control over those thoughts and you can start to change those thoughts. You can start to think about other things. You can start to seek out strategies to adjust the way that you're thinking and yes. move your thoughts to a better place, move it to a happier place, move it to a calmer place. And if you do that over and over and over again, then you go from being sad sometimes to being sad a little less, to being happy.
1: And teaching this to our, our kids. Like, I always wanna go back to the body scan for a second. Like, it's not just about the big toe, if everybody can imagine. Going all the way up your body, I have been. I have experienced Libby's body scans, and she talks you through it, and then you get to your heart, right, and your chest. And like, who is asking kids, just notice your heart. I notice the feeling in your chest. Nobody. Nobody. You are. You. You both are, and I am. But like, no, no, nobody. And like, um,
0: and and as adults,
1: we need to do this.
0: And I would say, nobody's doing it before it's a problem right? That's the difference. That's the thing that we have to change for the future. Because look where we are. We're in a pandemic and it's a disaster. There's a mental health, because kids don't have the strategies to handle this level of stress. This is like an adult level of stress or beyond an adult level of stress. And then you're asking teens to do it and toddlers to do it and everybody to go through it and there is no knowledge of how to handle this this is how other societies this is how people have done it for generations and we have to teach this from day one so when the stress comes out then there are some strategies that you can have and you still might have depression you still might have anxiety but these are some things that you can do to hopefully prevent it or at least decrease it
2: yeah and and what you're saying there joel too is that you know teaching kids to get comfortable with their emotions whether they're favorable or unfavorable just because you're depressed that doesn't mean that's not a good thing because your body's trying to tell you something you Mm -hmm. know we want to we're teaching kids that their their feelings are valid Mm -hmm. yet just because they're experiencing depression does not mean that they're depressed i'm Mm -hmm. very uh i'm very much into semantics I'm very Mm -hmm. much into semantics and the way that we speak about things because it's a process called reifying. If you uh, have, you know, I've heard so many kids say, "My anxiety." It's like, well, you who owns? And I kind of give them a bad time. The ones that I've known a long time, I go, "Oh, you own all the anxiety. You possess (laughs) all the anxiety. It's yours." Oh, I didn't know. I thought I was borrowing it last week. Right? (laughs) Kind of give them a hard time, but you know, because we can't have. An emotion we experience an emotion Mm. we experience a sensation in the body the science behind that is the emotion itself the sensation in the body like from your email that you got Serena the emotion the sensation of whatever it was you felt lasted 90 seconds but I can probably bet the mood lasted a little longer right (laughs) <laughs> right and that's because of the thoughts yes. that we have about the emotion the way that we perceive the emotion we're like I'm feeling this I was
1: mad that I was upset and then I had this like massive self tape to do and I was thinking about my email response while I was delivering these other characters words and then that pissed me off and then you I did this whole thing from yep. like, one email Yeah, it's, and you yep. and
0: you, carry, you carry it with you and that those emotions that fear that's not serving anything nobody no. is just affecting yourself
1: yeah,
0: and, and the and, term, I know
1: better.
2: Yeah. And the term for that is rumination, by the way. <laughs> oh, I didn't
1: know or, that. Or, Tell everybody There's, what there's that all is. kinds of
2: things that our mind wants us to do to stay out of the present moment. <laughs> this is also what I teach the kids. It's like we, by nature, the mind wants us to catastrophize because mm-hmm. it wants us to stay in fight or flight so we stay safe. They, if our mind had our way with us, we would all be stressed all the time because that would ensure we s- survive. You know, more yes. of us would survive so we oh, we catastrophize we ruminate we blame other people we get stuck in the past right mm-hmm. we lack the empathy for other people like the person that sent you that email whatever they said or did this is what I teach if you were a high school student I'd say well they had a reason for it you don't have all the information so your right. only choice now is how you're gonna show up and respond to this and are you gonna respond with kindness and compassion or with that other thing that's going on.
1: No, I, I did. I, I responded with kindness and compassion, but I, I had to take like three days. Um, but so that but that that is the third tier there of the yo know, mind model. There's breathe, perceive, yep. and then respond. And I also want you to define some of these things. Like you, you really helped me with this early in my career. Where I I said, I'm just really nervous about this thing. And you said, actually, you touched on this already, but you said, actually, excitement and nerves are the same thing in the body. So why can't you just be excited? And I was like, holy shit. (laughs) 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 Oh, my God. You know, like reframing that. So talk about like the reframing of explain like name it to tame it it, and nuanced feelings and so parents can have these tools to to talk to their kids about i mean i'm sure when kids transition back into regular school these kids are going to be nervous but why can't they be excited
0: by the way you you have you really know all the uh you've been paying attention to whatever you know i've been taught to you i mean you you know all the phrases i'm impressed oh (laughs) i don't i don't know this stuff you're just like naming it off like you you really love What Libby does, I I I really (laughs) you really really, do. I mean, you can tell.
1: (laughs) Well, she she is genuinely has been my mentor. And I i mean, if I didn't have Libby, then you and I would not be doing this podcast. <laughs> and the
0: world, and like sure. oh, so <laughs> the world would be a better place. So no. much better.
1: The world would be a worse place if I didn't have Libby. Um, okay. No, no it's, it's because- really, you
2: definitely strive to be like the best student I've had. I, <laughs> You've oh, been I was around totally the longest.
1: The, I was totally the kid that was like at, in the front of the class. You yeah,
2: know. that's yeah. her. She's, she's showing me what she knows. But yeah. I, And I definitely <laughs> hold Serena to a uh, one thing about being in relationship with me. I'm not shy about sharing these things when I notice them. I'm a professional oh, noticer. You stuff. Yeah. I'm a noticer and an encourager. So I notice that. And so what that is, is what you were talking about. We can just take that one specific yeah. sensation of fear and excitement possibly being the same thing. You know, um, Mm -hmm. and we teach that to the kids it's like feelings can co-emerge at the same time. You know, they can come rise together. You can be fearful and excited at the same time. Which one are you going to focus on? Mm -hmm. You know, we get to pick so you get to define that and that can be your narrative, right? That I'm excited about this or hey, I am afraid, but I and I am excited and i'm feeling this weird sensation that both of those emotions lie you know and so that's getting back to the body scan and getting kids moving in their body in a mindful way they become more uh embodied and when they're embodied they can notice their the sensations when they notice the sensations they start becoming aware of uh, some of the feelings they have and I i have a. process I do with the kids, that once we do a body scan, I'll do an emotion scan, and these lists are available from the Center for Nonviolent Communication, there's an emotional need, emotions list, if your needs are met, and an emotions list if your needs are not met, if it's, you know, and there's also uh, a needs list. But I had the one student, and I'll share this story, he, we were doing the emotion scan, and then the next week we did the need scan. And I said, Have you ever needed to feel safe? Have you never needed these things? And it went on and on. And he realized that his home life was toxic and he wasn't safe there. And he came to me a few years later and he moved out at 16, couch surfed, got his own place, got motivated. And he came back and he gave me this beautiful testimony that it was in yoga class that. Nobody had asked him how he was. Nobody had asked him how he felt or what he needed, and he made the decision in yoga class that he needed to be safe. And so he he you know so there's there's stories like that, and I, I have like hours and hours of mm-hmm. stories of kids coming back and go wow, I you know and a lot of them keep in touch with me later. My three adult children who are 29, 27, and 23, they say, Mom, you have more friends our age. Because I've taught all of their friends, right? So I hang out with their classmates all the time. But there's there's something to that, you know, when you get articulate with your emotions and start learning that there's more ways to say, I'm angry, you know, and get more refined about it. You know, are you frustrated? Mm-hmm. Are you disappointed? Because a lot of us will just go, I'm angry. But the mind wants to hear more specifics.
0: I'm thinking, you know, a lot of parents are, they have teenagers they're like okay this is all great guys but you know i know my teen they're gonna think this is crazy you know when you start working with teens if you're being honest how what percentage of kids that you work with do you think take this really well and find benefit from it and what percentage of the kids are like this is really dumb i don't want any part of this
2: um depends on what time frame i have to work with them um, but by like right now I'll have classes I'm starting to do zoom classes again and my classes were up to like 125 kids in the gym and you know you're gonna have like maybe 20 percent of the kids that are just like I hate everything
0: you know <laughs> that's not funny, but yeah that's a, yeah. That's a low per- that's a yeah I agree yeah
2: and then there's another like 30 percent probably I'm just gonna throw out some numbers here that are like I like this, but I'm not going to let anyone know I like it. Mm. And then, yeah, exactly. And then, (laughs) but by and large, though, I get overwhelming, like positive feedback. Um, A girl, the other in one of my classes, said, You know, I've been stressed out for the last two weeks since yoga class. Or, you know, like I gradually got, you know, I was so happy to have yoga today because they only get it every other week because this is the first time I've been relaxed since last yoga class. Like they're telling me this is the only time that they're not stressed out, which I've been advocating for this to be in schools. I've also been advocating. I teach the kids to put in moments of mindfulness and the athletes that I work with, uh, the softball team won the national championship, uh, two years ago, and then their season was disrupted. And I, um, literally was out in, we live in a small town and I saw the, the pitcher of the softball team, who just made it into the top nine in history of having the most wins. And she's early in the season, so she's gonna be in the top two or three by the season. And, you know, every single time she goes out there, since she took the workshop, I have a workshop I do with them, you can just literally see her stop, she turns around, she takes a breath, and then mm. she pitches. So cool,
0: yeah. I'm, I'm curious, you know, going back to basics one more time here, if if not everybody can work with you. um, So what are your suggestions for first steps for families, wherever they are, you know, you can include anything of your own, that's obviously fine. But like, what are the uh, things that you recommend for people that maybe can't work with you or for parents that that really want to get their teen to just like dip their toe in the water or think about, you know, let's talk about mindfulness today. Do you have a favorite? app or show or whatever where you send people that so, it's not with you
2: it's interesting that you said what can parents do because i have a little uh, anecdote here that is actually scientifically supported i read a study and i can't cite the study but it will make sense to every mother out there um what, they did a study on 15 year old girls and when young women hear the sound of their mother's voice the part that's involved in empathy and understanding is turned off, okay? They literally, the brain changes when teenage girls hear their mother's voice. I raised two daughters. I can say, whoever came up with that study is telling the truth, okay? (laughs) They said they need to do a little bit more research on you know if it's with, same is true with boys. But I think parents are not the only one, sometimes they can't be the ones to tell their kids what to do. That's mm-hmm. why I stress that it needs to come from another source and in the schools. That aside, there are some things that they can do because kids will not listen to their parents, but they'll do everything their parents do eventually.
1: Right.
2: Does that mm-hmm. make sense? So, like, yes, by role does. modeling mindfulness is number one. Being a mindful parent, um, a recommendation I got from a student. Um, I said, Hey, you know, I, I'm going to go on this podcast and talk about to parents. What should I tell all the parents? And he's so smart. He's 15 years old, lives in Minnesota. And he said, tell them to slow down and lower their expectations. Because right now during the pandemic, we're all doing the very best we can. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really pretty amazing to say, you know, from a 15 year old to notice that, one of the best things that could happen right now is for everyone to slow down, and to go back into the school situation a little slower, to look at the mental health. He even expanded on this, that he said that you know yes we are having issues but we're okay, we're gonna we're gonna be okay, but we need a little bit, we need to go a little slower and not have everybody be so worried about us. Does that make sense? And and, I'm, and that's a kind of a fine line there because you as parents, we do want to worry about our kids, but also they want to be trusted. The teenagers want to be trusted. They want personal agency. They want freedom and they want to be heard. So the other thing is slow down and listen, Mm -hmm. encourage feelings, encourage talking about feelings. I have had those with my children. I posted those feeling charts by their beds when they were very young. And if they had an outburst of emotion, I'd say go get me a word, and it can't be one of the list is kind of cool because it has the top ones in bold. So it'll say angry, and it'll say all the other ones. And I was so I would teach them emotional literacy early, mm-hmm. you know, and it, and that's done through role modeling. So if you have a teenager, if you have kids that are younger, you can talk to them about it. But teenagers, you got to do it. They're watching you so very closely. That's just my experience of it. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't really, Definitely. you know, and I incur, uh, I got a couple of emails last week, which were really sweet, where mothers are starting, two mothers uh, started doing practicing yoga with their teenager when they mm-hmm. were doing it during class. I mean, our schools, you know, we've had every student in the high school has had yoga for the last eight
1: years. They've be clear. A, they have had yoga with you with me yes mm-hmm. with me so libby full- has brought this into the schools yeah. because libby has brought this into the schools yeah. not because the schools have said hey you know what maybe we yeah. should do something and i think that um i know that if we had yoga and like we had a class a mindfulness class mm-hmm. in in schools that we have would have a lot less problems and a lot happier kids and a lot yeah. happier adults a lot-
0: Oh, yeah. Couldn't be much worse than it is right now. <laughs> it's yeah, it's pretty bad. You it's know, pretty and, bad. It's getting and, you know. We don't want to be negative. We want to be positive, but there's a lot of mental health concerns right now. This yeah, is bad.
2: It, uh, there was just a study that came out on college students, though, during the pandemic. That you know they're you know the news likes to of course give the paint the worst case scenario.
0: No, no, no come on. Oh uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> so it said you know ninety percent of the college age kids are depressed. And then I looked a little further into the article, and it said though the ones that were not depressed were the ones that kept their activity level and their physical fitness up. There's a direct correlation for movement. So my other suggestion to parents is to keep your kids embodied and moving by doing that yourself and doing it with them. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, because they're gonna they're gonna pick it up by what you know they're gonna do what you do, not what you say.
0: We have a question from a parent, Sally. She wants to know what are your thoughts on the mindfulness and meditation apps that are so popular these days, like uh, Calm or Headspace or any of those, uh, you know, the big guys. What are your thoughts on that as a Um, practitioner who works on it every day?
2: I think they're great. They're tools. They're tools. And any way we can get tools into kids' hands I think is great. I've heard a lot of great things about Headspace. I've got a few – Uh, The athletes that picked up, you know, started using apps in addition to what we were doing, you know, Mm because if I'm only getting to them once a week, they realized they needed a daily practice. Um, I, I think they're a great thing. I mean, they're, again, they're a tool and a tool is only as good as if you use it. So, you know, you can download an app on your phone, then that's you not going to do it. it for you if you don't use it. So if you're if you're using the app, it's mindfulness. You know, it's it's not. I had a little resistance myself to when the pandemic came out. I had over a thousand students I was teaching in person, and I was nothing short of heartbroken. Mm-hmm. I was I had just gotten the college football team. I was meeting with them once a week, 125 uh, like kids 18 to 23 at 6 a.m. in the morning, and then the coaches would come in, and after we got done with class and the lesson, they would all say it in football terms, and then they would use it all week. And so I was kind of at the sweet spot. I said, boy, once you start getting the football programs completely bought in, maybe we're going to turn this. I kind of have a community model in mind. I live in a small town, and I want the older kids to teach the younger kids. But anyway. I was kind of heartbroken about the whole virtual thing, you know, having to go virtual. But once I started going virtual, uh, it, it's just another strategy. So right, if you because can get... now
1: you're now you're teaching kids in Minnesota, and now you're teaching kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also yeah. I just wanted to say that for any teachers or educators out there or principals, you can have Libby in your school, especially now virtually.
2: Um, prior to the pandemic i honestly was looking at the schools to make changes like oh this policy has to come from school this funding they need to change their budgets yes they do however i think that we're moving into an era of collaboration and that Mm -hmm. people with wealth that have the resources need to put and invest in our children you know we need private sector dollars to supplement what's going on until we can work the school system out where our teachers aren't adequately paid blah 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 there's a million systems again the pandemic was a disruptor and a revealer of all the things that are not working and as we move forward we're going to need to move and teach collaboration so having uh, private partners as well so if there are private partners out there that would like to see more of this um i'm a big fan uh, Joel, joel not only of i mean the apps are great i'm also a fan of what i call edutainment that I think we need to meet kids where they're at and keep them interested. So uh, some of the videos, the formula we used for making some videos has been wildly successful. Just taking kids that are or people that are really cool and having them do the videos for the kids, people that they want to watch. So
1: We want to do more. I yeah. want to do one. Um, I know. So, yeah, tell people where they can find your videos. Uh, um, Libby.
2: At, at yomind.com. there's some uh, resource portal that has some a mindful hip-hop artist I'm working with another um, mindfulness hip-hop artist and um, she's also a social justice advocate out of um, San Jose and we're starting to combine mindfulness and social justice together in some workshops with kids and that's been really fun to do and very promising because with teenagers that's that's a big issue for kids right now. I want to go back to what you said what can parents do they can notice, they can stop, start being really mindful and look for that connection. An educator's role is really connecting the known and the unknown. So if you're a parent that's stepping into that place of trying to connect your child with a resource, right, Mm -hmm. got to be a little skillful, you know, and it's not manipulative, it's just skillful to find where's this person's entry point, what's important to that kid, and how can What strategy can we use to bring and to empower that kid? Whether it's with, you know, some kids aren't into yoga. They might want to do kickboxing, but we need to keep the kids in body. We need to um, not only encourage it, but we also need to demystify it, that we don't need like two hours out of the day to do a yoga practice. We can Mm -hmm. take one breath and change our nervous system. We can take three breaths we can take three breaths before we brush our teeth every day and it's gonna, we're gonna start seeing small incremental changes in our nervous system. So demystifying where we can put this in, you know, knowing that every opportunity is an opportunity to be mindful and to practice uh, a favorable mindset.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. A lot of really helpful, practical tips, lots of beginning first solutions for people or, you know, reminders of what we need to do and where we need to go. And, and, and we really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us and break down some of these, uh, these terms that we're hearing and, and really walk people through why it's important and what these things really mean. So we appreciate that. Well, Thank appreciate you, Libby. You.
1: Thank
2: you guys so much.
1: That was awesome. Libby, yeah. <laughs> truly, is my mentor. I still talk to her weekly about life and I'm so happy that to share her
0: with everyone. She's brilliant. I mean, it, some of these concepts are, I think somewhat simple, but they're just, you don't think about it. We don't think about it every day. And, and just the way that she presents it, the way that she makes it accessible, I think is unique.
1: Yes. Did, did we talk, we didn't talk about this, that she turned detention into meditation in the schools that she works in, which is, that's a whole other, we could do a whole other podcast on, on the benefits of that. Um, but it's just, it's so incredible. And I know for me, I feel like I used to have this really incredible yoga practice and I used to go to yoga classes and like, I haven't done any of those things. I don't feel like any of us have the past year because of the pandemic. Are you going to yoga classes?
0: No, I, I mean, I used to go, you know, to more classes obviously, but nothing was open or maybe you could be you know, doing it outside and then also exercising in a mask is not the easiest too. So it's like, it's just, there's all these barriers to just general exercise. So I did a lot more stuff at home and more, more hiking. But I know for me and and for my wife, you know, for Sarah, she has had a rough time because she exercises all the time. I mean, that's what keeps her happiest. And, and she used to work out once or twice a day. She used to be a yoga instructor. She used to teach spin too. So then she was like lawyering and then, you know, yoga teaching and spin instructing and, and then the pandemic hit. So it was you know, I think tougher on her than even on me. Um.
1: I can, I, I <laughs> can so relate to her work. I worked, I have, I mean, I spent my life so many hours in the gym in my life and it's really what um, helps me in every area of my life is exercise and yoga. So I'm trying to find that a new normal now too, but I feel like people have to remember also with their kids, like you don't have to go to a two hour sweaty yoga class to do yoga. You can, do a down dog in your on your kitchen floor with your kid and, and go upside down for a minute or rest in child's pose and it really does reset you. I, I literally do that in my house, you know, all throughout the day because I'm not getting the sweaty hot yoga classes that I used to get before I had a kid.
0: <laughs> right, right. And and I mean that's a really important point just to remember, you know, before we go today is that all of these things yoga mindfulness meditation they didn't start in a west hollywood class right (laughs) they didn't start at santa monica beach that's not how it is these are things that were part and are part of life for them you know in eastern in india and in china and asia and other places these are these are where these concepts come from and they've been used forever and they're not part of a class you can go to a class to do it but you don't have to it's about bringing these things into your life so that you can decrease your stress. You can be more calm. You can have that sense of peace that you're looking for at a few points during the day, however you bring it in. It doesn't need to be a class, doesn't need to be an app, but there's lots of resources out there to help you, like Libby, like her programs, like Yo Mind. These are options of how to bring these things into your life. But at the end of the day, it's not about the app or the class. It's about bringing it to be a part of your world.
1: Yeah. In this episode today has really reminded me that like we can start you can say your affirmations in the shower you can multitask these things too you can bring mindfulness and these and breathing exercises into your life you can start small and as libby said like everybody has to start from where they are so let's all just start it's time (laughs) start all right, everyone. So this is your, your homework from Dr. Gator and I and Libby. Let's start small. Let's all just start somewhere and incorporating little mindfulness, little mindful moments, little moments of breath and yoga practice into our day just to see how we feel. Let's keep raising the bar on ourselves so we can keep raising amazing children. Raising Amazing would like to thank the Prone Family Foundation who are growing community through educational support. Thank you all so much for joining us each week. Please be sure to subscribe to the Raising Amazing Podcast so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. You can also follow us on Instagram at Raising Amazing Podcast to catch any extra fun goodies for you and your kiddos. And if you'd like to submit a question to be featured on the show, you can send in your questions to Raising Amazing Podcast at gmail.com along with your name and your city. That's it for us for now. We'll catch you next Wednesday on raising amazing. Happy parenting. May the force be with you.